from the Athletic. He's a Utah Utes beat writer. It's uh, Chris Kamrani, uh, who has uh, been covering Jason Shelley for quite some time. And now Jason Shelley, of course, is headed to Logan to go play football. I guess he is in Logan to play football for the Utah State Aggies. And uh, want to get uh, Chris's thoughts on on uh, on Jason, on what kind of football player he was in Utah, what the Aggies can expect from him, but also news today: the Pac-12 schedule has came out. And what do the what does Ute Nation think of that Pac-12 schedule? Chris, thanks for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, let's start here. Jason Shelley does leave Utah. He goes to Logan. What was, what brings Jason Shelley here? Was it him contacting Gary, or did Gary contact him? What's that relationship that brings Jason to Logan? Yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen now the last couple of years is that Gary has utilized that uh that year back in Salt Lake to his advantage being up in Logan. You look at what he was able to do getting guys like COC Mariner and, and Caleb Rep uh, and Nick Henninger up there after year one. And now he gets, he gets Jason Shelley and then uh, most recently Devonte Henry Cole. So clearly Gary's developed uh, a pseudo pipeline from, from Salt Lake to, to Logan. And I mean, I think it's a fit, frankly, I think what, what Gary wants to do offensively as a, you know, spread, offense look Jason provides that I mean that's what he was as a high school quarterback uh that's what he was when he was at Utah when he had time as a starter and um you know it's it's I don't think it's going to be a huge leap for Jason to go um I mean I think he's going to be the starter assuming that the Mountain West has a has a season in 2020 so um I think it's going to be an interesting fit um I have I also think uh, Devonta Henry Cole will be an interesting fit too, because I think when he decided to go to BYU, um, a lot of people assumed that he was going down there to buy for a starting job. But now I think, considering where BYU is, kind of up against it with with losing so many different opponents due to Power Five conferences dropping um, non-conference schedules, I figure Devonte was like, "Hey, I, I can go play with one of my closest friends." Um, still in Utah and be up in Logan and, and, and compete with Jalen Warren for that starting running back spot. Chris, I want to get back to Devontae Henry Cole in just a moment, but with Jason Shelley, he's a guy that started five games for the Utes, Pac-12 competition, three and two in those games. Uh, how effective is he as a starting quarterback? Here's a guy who had his shot, yeah. but consistently had other opportunities that others kept getting in front of him to get right. additional shots. So really, we, we see that he started games, he won some games, but he also had other guys keep getting in front of him, and he was even going to change positions. Yeah, it's it's tough because he, he replaced uh, Tyler Huntley when, when Tyler went down for the year in 2018 and obviously went 3-1 and one down the stretch, or 3-0 and oh down the stretch, rather, before the Pac-12 championship game. And obviously, you know, Utah lost to Oregon and Northwestern in those last two games, but... It's it's uh, it's tough to kind of understand um, you know what Jason was going through at the time because here's a kid that really had never started before and all of a sudden he's thrust into the mix um, with with Tyler going down and and we can't forget either that Zach Moss got hurt at that same time too so what what Jason's um, skill set provides I think is outside of his physical attributes obviously he's a shorter quarterback but he's very dynamic he has a good arm. Uh, he can escape the pocket. He can stay in the pocket if he wants. But uh, considering what he was able to do at Utah, I think 
he goes down in his time at Utah as one of the most popular players during his time there. I mean, like everybody loved Jason. And I think if you're a quarterback, if you're a starting quarterback, that's what you want um, out of that guy that's going to be leading the team. I think it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how he takes the mantle because, again, here's a guy that, you know, took Utah to the Pac-12 title game in 2018 and then last year was dropped to the third-string quarterback after uh, Drew Lisk became the second-string quarterback behind Tyler Huntley. There was some, there was a coordinator change there, so that, that tends to happen. And obviously, you know, Utah asked Jason to move to, to safety before the, the bowl game against Texas in the Alamo Bowl. And, you know, he he obviously wasn't happy about it and he was, he wasn't going to make us think about it publicly, but he always wanted to be a starting quarterback. And I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the, the pipeline that, that Gary's kind of created for himself is, is, is a positive because I think if there are guys in, in Utah's program that, you know, maybe can't get the amount of minutes they want, but they're still Pac-12 caliber players. And I think, you know, Utah state would be happy to have those guys come over and, and be stars. I mean, frankly, like CSC Mariner was one of the best wide receivers in the Mountain West Conference last year. And now, you know, he got signed by the Raiders, but as an undrafted free agent, I also think Caleb Rep will be a really good tight end too. So it's just one of those things that um, I think Jason has the ability, but we really haven't seen that borne out totally because he hasn't necessarily been given the keys to the car yet. And now, now it seems like he has that uh, opportunity in front of him. Chris, if there's one thing that concerns you about Jason Shelley, a quarterback, a weakness that he may have, it would be what? I'd just say inexperience. I, I mean, I, I, we, here's a guy that started five games. I, I just think that and, and that those five games were going to be two years prior to when he suits up this fall. I mean, he, he just doesn't have a lot of experience as a quarterback. Um, he has the intangibles to be good, and, and clearly he's, he's – uh, he got the job when Tyler went down, but like I said, that was a previous offensive coordinator who had built a system specifically around uh, dual threat quarterbacks. Now, obviously, you know, Bodie Reader can do whatever he wants to do and, and build it, build an offense around, um, around Jason. If he wants to, wants it to be more spread, if he, it, it's just going to be an interesting fit because when Jason was the starter at Utah, like Utah was running the ball 30 times a game. And, and Jason was throwing 15 to 20 times. A lot of those times were off play action. I don't necessarily think Utah State's going to be, have that kind of look in, in 2020. I could be wrong. But I think when, when you're looking at what Jason needs to improve on, uh, accuracy, comfort in the pocket, just overall experience, and obviously Utah State uh, felt like they were going to be the program that can give him that shot. So I want to ask you similarly about Devontae Henry-Cole. Here's a running back who had opportunities at Utah, was going to go to BYU, now he's coming to Utah State. We haven't seen a lot of tape on him. He hasn't played in a lot of games. But again, here's another guy who looked like he had some opportunities maybe, but kept finding himself a little bit deeper on the depth chart than, than apparently where he wanted. Yeah, that's a tough one, too, because, again, any time you're playing behind the greatest running back in the history of a program that's known for having really good running backs, uh, <laughs> touches touches are going to be a little limited there, guys. And, and I think, um, you know, Devontae's situation is, is pretty similar to that of Jason's. Like, he, he wanted more minutes. He wanted more reps. He wanted a shot at being a starter. But as the years went on, he just wasn't going to get that shot. And, and, and you guys know, like college football, no one's going to wait around for you. 
And Devontae did have some tough breaks. I mean, he suffered a season-ending injury a couple years ago. Uh, he broke his arm and was, was out for the entire year and was kind of behind the eight ball in that sense. And, and Utah goes on. Zach Moss uh, keeps being Zach Moss, and Utah recruits a couple highly sought-after running backs, and all of a sudden Devontae is, you know, third or fourth or fifth on the depth chart. Uh, that being said, he's the change of pace back. He's the type of guy that um, he's he's an interesting case because he's small, but he's stout. Um, but he was more, like I said, a, a change of pace back at Utah, a guy that's comfortable catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, and I think if you're looking for an ideal complement to what Jalen Warren presents at Utah State, who's kind of that tough, bruising uh, presence, I think Devontae could present that um, sort of off balance for a, a defense to have to deal with. The uh, Aggies have been known for the last couple, maybe three years, because of Jordan Love to be an in-pocket quarterback team. Uh, nothing too fancy with the quarterback. Does Jason Shelley change all that with his great mobility? Yeah, I mean, potentially. I think a lot of that, again, if, if we're talking about what Utah State can, can do to build around Jason, I think you also have to talk about what kind of weapons are going to be at his disposal. Obviously, you know, Jordan was who he was, especially in 2018, because of the insane amount of talent he had around him on the outside. Obviously, he wasn't the exact same quarterback in 2019, but it, it's going to be uh, one of those things where Utah State's going to have to figure out where its strengths are on offense. And um, if, if they're going to be comfortable with, with keeping Jason upright and healthy, that's, that's another thing. I mean, if, if you want to use Utah as, a, as an example, um, you know, Tyler Huntley got beat up a lot in his last few years outside of his senior year because he was running a lot. Um, and to your point, like, you know, Jordan was the guy that wanted to stay in the pocket and throw, and he didn't get hit all that much, at least up until 2019. So it's one of those things, like, does Utah State feel comfortable enough with its quarterback depth to, to turn Jason loose and risk him getting hurt? Because now all of a sudden, I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but with Henry leaving, they, they have a now they just have a bunch of young guys be behind Jason. So mm -hmm. it would be interesting to see how comfortable they are with their quarterback depth at that point. Again, we're talking to Chris Kamrani. He is a beat writer for The Athletic, covering the Utah Utes. And uh, speaking of the Utes and the Pac-12, the uh, Pac-12 released their schedule for this upcoming season. Uh, yeah. We already know that uh, with this announcement, doing conference only, Utah State had preseason games or pre-conference games with Washington State and Washington scheduled. We've known now for a few weeks that that wasn't going to happen. But now Utah knows what their schedule is going to look like. What was that? And I know this announcement just happened just yep. <laughs> earlier this afternoon. I know it's very fresh. Uh, what's the initial reaction to this uh, schedule announcement today? Yeah, it's... Uh it's an interesting one because they basically reconfigured the entire thing for all 12 teams. Uh, once they decided to go conference only, they gave themselves about three weeks to, to get this, you know, format and blueprint together. Uh, first blush, Utah's first five weeks are all winnable. I mean, they start off on the road at Wazoo and Colorado, two programs with, with brand new coaches. They get a home game against Oregon state. Who's been terrible the last few years. Friday night game at UCLA, which could be tricky. Then you get a bye, and then you get uh, Arizona at home. Then they have probably the most difficult run out of any team in the Pac-12. They're at ASU, home to Washington, at Cal, home to SC on a Friday night. And then the added team um, as the 10th team is the reigning Rose Bowl champions and, and winners of the Pac-12 a year ago, Oregon, who come to town on – December 5th. So for what's going to be the youngest 
Utah team that Kyle Whittingham has ever had. And, and don't forget, guys, that Kyle's been a coach at Utah since 1994, so this is going to be his 26th year as a coach or head coach at Utah. He said this is by far the youngest team that he's ever going to have. The fact that they can get a manageable start um, can maybe – you know, use that coach speak, provide them some sort of momentum going into that final five weeks because those, that back end of the schedule is going to be brutal for them. I know you do cover the Utah Utes, but that team down south that wears the blue, they're in a heap amount of trouble because of the SEC's announcement of conference only. Have you heard anything on what maybe the rivals of the Utes, the Cougars, will be doing for as a schedule? No, I haven't. I mean, I, they're they're in a tough spot, frankly, with – the Big Ten starting it, and then the Pac-12 following suit, then the SEC announcing this week that they're going to conference only. That drops all of U- U- or BYU's kind of premier opponents on the, on the schedule. Obviously, they still get to keep the Mountain West schools. They get to keep the rivalry date with, with Utah State. But right now, it's going to be tough to, to see how they figure out um, how to fill the rest of those spots in, in 2020. They might have to um, see if somebody lets them in. In a, into a conference, you know, look this year. I know they meant there were some rumors about the Big 12 potentially letting them in, but those were quickly shot down. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of flack given to to the BYU athletic department based on their move to the independent route so many years ago. Um, and I think, I mean, obviously nobody could have planned for a pandemic and for it to to hit the way it did in this country, and, and we're all in a in a terrible spot. So I know, I know it's easy to say that, you know, independence is, is the worst way to go. But if you're not Notre Dame, you're, you're kind of left out in the cold right now. And BYU has to figure out and get somebody to, to lend them an olive branch. Chris, we know you've been pulling all sorts of directions for interviews, and so we'll let you go. But we can't thank you enough for joining us today. Great stuff and wish you the best. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it.